Hey guys, thanks for being so patient with us. I know it's been a minute since we released a new podcast episode. Obviously right now with the pandemic, it's not really a priority. Um, my fiance, Amy, my co-host, she still works in essential healthcare. So it's been very stressful for her at work and I have not been pushing her, you know, to record podcast episodes with me and be pushing out content. It's just not a priority right now. So she actually asked me um, this past week if I want to record an episode with her this weekend. So Since she asked and she's wanting to do it now, I'm definitely on board. We're going to rage out. I'm really excited. There's a lot of things we want to talk about. Um, Obviously, a lot of things have changed and there's new issues that are relevant to our community. So we're going to do that. Really excited about it. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right, guys, I want to start this episode by actually playing a voicemail for you. Um... From a friend who in New York who called me and let me preface this. She is going through it right now. Okay. You guys know the situation in New York. She, her loss has been unimaginable. She has lost count of how many people she has lost. And so the fact that she took the time out to call me and leave me this voicemail, like it meant so much to me. It actually made me cry. Um, So if you guys like want to pick up the phone to someone that you know, that's chronically ill, but like you don't know what to say please listen to this voicemail because I I really think like these are the words that we need to hear. All right. And Mo, Golden Mo, thank you so much. I really appreciate this voicemail and I really appreciate your friendship because you are such a light in this world. Hi, it's Monique, Um, Golden Mo. I was going to text that I was going to save time, but I don't want to catch you in an awkward uh, moment. But, um, more importantly, you were on my mind, and I just wanted you to know that. And um, definitely thinking about you, praying for you. I know that your fiance works in healthcare, and this is such a dreadful time just all around. And um, so much loss and so much grief, and just the pressure of everything is just insurmountable. So you're on my mind. I wanted to send you some love, and I want you to know I'm praying for you. And hope to catch up whenever you get a chance in the midst of all this madness. All right, my dear. Take care. Getting teary-eyed again listening to it. (laughs) Um, Mo, seriously, thank you. And you guys, if you don't follow Mo on Instagram, um, she's a huge advocate. She was one of the Lupus uh, Foundation National Ambassadors. Um, Go give her a follow. It's golden, G-O-L-D-E-N, Mo, M-O-E, one word. All right, you guys won't regret it. She has a great account, very positive, um, very uplifting, um, and also very strong in her faith. So you're going to want to follow her for sure. I just want to start this episode by sending some love out to you guys. I mean, we are going through it right now. Like, this is next level chronic illness survival mode. I mean, this is something we've never faced, we've never seen in our lifetimes. And it's something that just compiles other stressors and other, you know, things that raise our anxieties and and other issues now on top of all the things that we had to deal with before being a chronic illness patient. So some things, you know, some examples of that are we can't access even our very basic healthcare needs right now because the system is so overloaded and it is so risky and dangerous for us to go to a hospital right now. So even for our drug infusions, our weekly or monthly drug infusions, I know lupus patients that have had to stop them because it's not safe for them to go. Or, um, you know, the doctor's offices that give infusions have closed down and are not seeing in-person patients. And so they cannot get to their infusions. And 
These are drugs that allow us to function, you know, as human beings. These are not optional drugs that are just like we're doing it for the hell of it, you know, aesthetic or something. Like these are drugs that help us to function through our illness. So this is a big deal. Now, I do know that Benlista, um, they have, Medicare has approved Benlista home infusions and they never did before. So that's a new positive, exciting change for people on Medicare that are on Benlista. But that's one small, you know, percentage of people. So many of us are, are, are having issues accessing healthcare, accessing, you know, even ER services. If something happens to us and we have to go to the ER, it, it is a nightmare for us to go to the ER right now. Um, so that's another component. Then we have the hydro hydroxychloroquine shortage. You know, you guys know it as Plaquenil. It's a name brand. It's, it's the, the main lupus drug that we all take. I mean, it's the, it's pretty much the, the first step they take in treatment when you get lupus. Um, obviously you have to go see an eye doctor every six months because that drug is black box for causing vision problems. So it's something that you can have renal toxicity from. You have to be careful. It's not, it's not a harmless drug, no matter how much they tout it on television, it's not harmless and you have to be careful with it. And now because it was touted as a game changer, even though there was not evidence, um, there's a shortage globally and the supply chains are down and we're not able to get these drugs in stock. They're being hoarded. They're being stocked up for COVID. We don't even know if they're proven to work on COVID yet. You know, these drugs are FDA proven for lupus, for rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, other autoimmune diseases. We need these drugs because they help us and now we can't get them. And so I know Florida, they're sold out everywhere. I know someone here that called 17 pharmacies, couldn't find a single pill. Um, There's some, you know, we've been fighting in Congress. We've been fighting with the state pharmacy boards, lupus foundation um, advocates. We've been working on this. And some states are finally um, passing protections for lupus patients where when the pharmacies get a shipment in, a certain amount is allotted specifically for lupus patients that have been on this drug. So that is awesome to hear. Um, I know it's not happened in Florida yet where I live, so we are fighting every single day for this. But I will keep you guys posted the more um, information that comes in. But these are just some of the examples of like things that we didn't have to deal with before that now are, are nightmares for us on top of the pain we face every day on top of the routines that exhaust us you know we normally struggle to take a shower some days so it's all these things and now we have all of our healthy friends all of our family members freaking out over this you know they're losing their jobs their careers they're losing businesses they're having to close down you know it's it's really a lot and I just want to send you guys love and say Listen, I know I'm in it. I'm sitting in it with you guys. And so this is why I wanted to get a podcast out. Like I'm not feeling fantastic, but you know what? I'm just sitting here at home like you guys are. And I know you guys are, you know, love to hear from Amy and I, and and I still get comments every week of new people that discover the podcast that love it. And every time it just, it just eats away at me to, to bring it back. But, you know, again, I didn't want to push Amy. And so I know her time and her, you know, spoons, even as a healthy person are very limited right now. And so what I decided I want to do is I can at least do part of the podcast episode by myself. Um, so that's what we're going to do right now, you know, for part one. And then this weekend, you know, Amy did ask and, and she's wanting to do a little bit for part two. So I'm really excited you guys will be able to hear from her because she has a lot to say as the spouse, you know, the spouse and caregiver for someone who's chronically ill during a pandemic, but also being an essential healthcare worker during that pandemic. So she's got a lot to say. I've got a lot to say. We have very strong opinions. Her and I have actually, you know, been pretty tense. Um, You know, Amy and I don't normally argue like a a ton, like it's just usually little things, 
But um, recently it's been some bigger arguments and, you know, she has agreed that we can open up about this and talk to to you guys about this because I don't think we're the only couple going through this right now, honestly. Like whether you guys are quarantined with your person or long distance with your person right now and like FaceTiming them, we are all in it. We are all high stress, high strung. I mean, there's a lot of emotions right now. And also we are being introduced to each other's coping languages. And that is something that I was not prepared for. I'll tell you right now, you know, we've heard of the love languages, right? Like you take the quiz with your person. Um, You know, many people have taken it beforehand and they know theirs, but Amy and I decided to retake the quiz like after we met just to kind of see if it had changed. And what's interesting is her and I both ended up with the same love language as number one. We both took the quiz and we both ended up with a number one love language of physical touch. And so the five love languages, if you you guys don't know, are physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and receiving gifts. Okay, so basically this quiz ranks you like in a relationship how you prioritize those five um, different dynamics, okay? So what's interesting is that Amy is the first um, person I've dated that has had, I've had the same number one with. And so I think that has a lot to do with our compatibility and why like we really do truly get along so well and like we, we don't fight as much because like we have the same priorities. And even numbers two through five, and we're gonna talk about this more um, when she comes on, but even our numbers two through five are very similar. So like that makes sense. However... Our coping languages we have recently discovered, which I didn't even know was a thing, but now that we are having to cope on an extreme level, like now I'm realizing this is a thing, our coping languages are polar opposites. And I mean, like, so I've been reading a lot on this since we kind of like discovered it, but, but when people react to trauma and crisis, usually they either are in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Okay. Now, obviously, like we all kind of do a combination of these things and we might cycle through them based on the trauma. But like right now, we're all doing some version of either a fight, a flight or a freeze. Um, So I'll tell you right now, my style is fight. Like I'm a fighter. I need to act on something when there's a problem. I need to find a solution. I need to implement that solution. And so when this is happening right now, like I'm trying to focus all my energy into activism and, you know, getting lupus patients back their drugs and, you know, contacting the pharmacy boards and Congress and all these things. And like, that's how I cope is I bury myself in that. Right. But it's very high strong. It burns me out. It's, I put too much into it. Like I disregard everything else, like how I'm feeling. And I just like, you know, tunnel vision until I get it done. Um, so that's not always the best thing either. And I don't understand people that don't, you know, want to act. And that's Amy. Amy is a freezer. So she explained to me that she doesn't want to run from the, from it. You know, like some people are flight. They just want to run and, and get away. But she wants to freeze, you know, put that in a box because she has to still do her job in healthcare and she has to still be a mom to our daughter. And so like she has to freeze it. Okay. And and to me though, I didn't realize that's what she was doing. So when I'm reacting and she's not responding to my reactions and like not wanting to like, you know, forge this charge um, of activism with me, like to me, I'm like, well, you're not taking it seriously enough. Like what, like you're not taking it seriously or you don't care enough. And so I tell myself all these stories in my head of what she's thinking, which of course are wrong, 
which by the way, fun fact, I was just reading um, this past weekend that when we think we know what someone else is thinking, there have been studies on this. When it's a stranger, we are accurate 20% of the time. <laughs> yeah, 20%. Okay, but that's understandable. You don't know the person. You don't know their life, their their story. You don't know them, right? Get this. For a spouse, a, you know, a partner or a friend, you know what they're thinking. You think you know what they're thinking 35% of the time. So you're, we're only 35% accurate when we're making those assumptions. Like, holy crap. Like that, like that changes everything for me. So now I'm like stopping myself and I'm like, okay, is what I think she's thinking really what she's thinking? Because I'm reacting to that without even knowing if that's what she's truly thinking right now. You know, and we're fighting because of what I assume she's thinking about. And like, uh, of course, I was completely wrong. And so when we finally came to this conclusion that I'm a fighter, she's a freezer, like it changed our complete dynamic over the pandemic. And every time now we discuss, you know, the way that her work is handling this protocol or the way that, you know, someone else we know is handling social distancing. Like now I understand why she is the way she is. You know, she's not going to be yelling from a soapbox this entire time. She has to freeze herself so that she can do her job in healthcare, you know, and be a good mom and all these things. So honestly, she's kind of the glue that's holding my family together right now. Like I'm having a really hard time. You know, obviously uh, my mom is worried sick. My mom is going through it too. She's, you know, she's in a risk category because of her age. My dad has stage four prostate cancer and he is in a clinical trial for cancer right now. He's very immunosuppressed and very sick. So obviously we're worried about him. He's in Boston. Um, my sister's in Atlanta. You know, she's having a really hard time. She's still having to work um, from home, but going through it as well. Obviously worried about her family too. So Amy is kind of holding us all, gluing us all together. Um, and so I, I get it now. I get why she has to freeze. God, if she was like how, if she was acting how I'm acting right now, we would all just be a mess. I mean, really. So I, I want to say like, Take this time to kind of think about what what kind of um, coping language like you're you're having you're using right now, and and then the people around you like what are they using? Because maybe some of these fights and these arguments and these assumptions that we're making about people like maybe we're wrong. Maybe they just have a different coping language than us. Um, so that's something that when Amy comes on in part two, we're going to directly talk about and we're going to get into some of her arguments and like what we actually said and, and how we thought the other person was thinking and how wrong we were. And it's like, damn, like we have this skewed version of reality right now because no one really knows what the hell is happening or what's going on outside of our little, you know, quarantine bubbles. And so, yeah, maybe we need to kind of talk about that. Um, yeah, I, ho I hope you guys can relate to this and, and it, you know, it helps. All right, that concludes part one. You guys are probably completely sick of my voice. And you're like, this sucks. Where's Amy? <laughs> bring Amy back. We're going to start a hashtag, bring Amy back. No, um, thanks for listening. I, I really wanted to push that information out. So give you guys something to think about um, before you come and listen to part two when Amy and I really get into the guts of it. So um, thanks for listening. We're really happy to be back. Hope you guys are doing okay today. Um, stay strong. And then we're looking to put out part two of this episode within the next week. All right. Thanks again for listening.